Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yes, indeed. I am joined this morning from the University of Minnesota by Mary Meyer. Mary, good morning to you. Welcome back. Oh, Denny, good morning. I can't believe it's August already. I know. I was talking to our friend Nick uh, this past hour, and I had to look at the calendar again. I thought, wait wait a minute. August, <laughs> because we started talking about snow tires and things like that. But uh, not quite yet, because we are uh, we get a break from the 90s this week, it looks like. And that's a relief for for uh, a lot of us folks. But uh, in the meantime, uh, if you're new to the show, thanks for joining us. Uh, Smart Garden is around every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour here on WCCO, welcoming your uh, lawn and garden questions, either one or both, uh, this entire hour. Now, if you want to call it in, that's great. We always love to hear your voice. If you, if, and it's easier to send uh, Mary a text, just one number will get you either a call or a text. And that number is 651 461 9226. And if you're a regular listener to the show, you know we get tremendously busy. This is one of the busiest hours of the week here on uh, WCCO, and uh, glad to have you with us. 
Uh, Mary, what uh, I can, as I said, I see some relief temperature-wise this week, and maybe even some showers. In fact, it was just a couple of minutes ago. Let's see. Uh, Texter says it's been pouring in Minnetonka for about a half hour. That was Great. a few minutes back. I'm not sure if it's raining where you are. It's not where I am. No, it's not where I am. I live in the southern part of Plymouth, uh, just north of uh, Wyzetta and north of Minnetonka, but no rain here. It's cloudy, but no rain. Um, I did have three quarters of an inch. Uh, when was that? One, one, two, Thursday night, I think. Yes. Uh, yes, and so that was really welcome. Uh, these these are million-dollar rains, I look at because they're saving so many plants uh, when it's been so dry. Terrible. So that's it's really a challenge for gardeners, not only uh, to keep our plants alive because of the drought, but the heat. Uh, many of us don't even want to go out and garden when it's, it's so true. hot. It's, it's really been uncomfortable. So hopefully some relief will be in sight. And for those that take care of their lawns, that's another tough issue, especially with watering restrictions, which we understand. Uh, but that makes it tough, too. Uh, here's a text. In fact, I don't want to get too far behind, uh, Mary. Here's one that came in a few minutes ago. Uh, Rebecca uh, taking over my gardens. Texter says, if, if I dig them up now to give to unsuspecting friends, put evil laugh here. So <laughs> she says, will they make it or should I just compost them? Rebecca. Yes, uh, well, the, we have a native Rudbeckia lacinata that is uh, quite aggressive, and I'm guessing that's what this uh, texture is talking about. Uh, I have moved that plant uh, really by literally ripping it out and thinking it was is dead and it still can live. So I think it's pro- this uh, plant uh, that's so aggressive, Rudbeckia, probably can make it. It's just a really durable plant. It's it's a native plant, great for pollinators, but it can get quite aggressive. So you have to be uh, be careful where you put it. I have found it will tolerate quite a bit of shade. So if you want a fairly tall plant, it can be six feet tall. Uh, if you want a tall plant... Uh, Golden Glow is a name, an older name of this that we used to see, uh, kind of an old-fashioned uh, tall annual, but but quite good for pollinators. Right. Thank you for that text. Again, here's the number, 651-461-9226. Another listener says this, Mary, my apples should not be ready for another month. The birds have pecked every single one of them and ruined them. Why and what can I do about it in the future? Yes, uh, this is so frustrating. I think animal damage or bird damage uh, on our plants is one of the most frustrating things we deal with as gardeners. Uh, perhaps the birds are looking for a, a moisture source because of the very dry conditions. We find uh, birds and animals looking for moisture and for uh, water. But um, it, to prevent it in the future, uh, there is netting that you can put over um, a tree. Uh, sometimes the netting at the farm at the Arb, at the Arboretum, we have a lot of fruits for public display. And there the netting is up high like a, um, well, like the top of a tent or or just a ceiling netting and um, that is helpful to prevent uh, the birds. 
but you can net a whole tree and put it around the, the whole tree. That's often done for cherries because birds are so, uh, such a, uh, cherries are such a favorite of birds. Uh, but we, we don't usually have to do that with apples uh, because, um, but I think it's the weather conditions. Okay. This listener, Mary, says, is it okay to cut off Brussels sprout appendages that grow toward the bottom of the stock? They look like Brussels sprouts, but are full of leaves and look like a flower that has opened. By the way, they love the show. Well, thank you for that. Yes, you know, this could be another heat-related thing where the Brussels sprouts have gone into more of a flowering mode than just the vegetative leaf set. But what it sounds like to me is these Brussels sprouts are past maturity. And so, yes, you might want to take those off. The Brussels sprouts uh, usually require a whole growing season, and then they get sweeter as the temperatures get cooler. And even after a frost, will still uh, grow and and be a great vegetable to harvest into October. Even after a frost, will still uh, grow and and be a great vegetable to harvest into October and even early November. But what it sounds like to me is that uh, some of them are past maturity. You know, you could eat those or try to eat them. They might be tougher or more bitter, but uh, they're, yeah, it doesn't sound like normal uh, Brussels sprouts. This next uh, question, Mary, sounds like a tough one, uh, and it reads, how do I play defense against my neighbor's yard, which is full of creeping Charlie and thistle? Thistle. How about that? Oh, wow. Now, thistle, that's kind of amazing because normally thistle doesn't grow uh, when it's been mowed off. So if you mow it repeatedly, it doesn't really do well, especially, you know, at three inches, it's really going to be tough for that uh, to continue. Well, yeah, this is this is a tough question, but uh, I would consider first thing is talking to your neighbor, and um, maybe they can create a three foot barrier that where the edge of their lawn meets yours, where they do some management on weed control so that uh, you have a, a better chance of keeping. Uh, the weeds, what referred to here as weeds, are the creeping Charlie out of your lawn. Now the thistles this year, thistles have seemed to done, just grown dramatically with the drought conditions, and I have seen thistle seeds that looked like just a white carpet because they've their their seeds are airborne. They blow in the wind, and then you're going to get the seeds in, of course, a neighbor's yard. So as as difficult it is, I would at least try talking uh, to the neighbor and see um, about their mowing practices or treating, or if uh, they would mind if you treated a, a section that might go three feet into their yard. Yeah. But really understanding what their thinking is can um, can be a solution. And before we take this quick break, Mary, uh, you and your colleagues have said as far as treating uh, creeping Charlie, it's best to do it in the fall, right? That's right, yes. And it's still a little hot to be doing that. Many of the chemicals that we use for treating for uh, herbicides, insecticides, really have a upper level heat limit where they stop working. So you have to be very careful to read the label and understand what the weather is going to be when you're treating. 
Yeah, always read the label. Hang on, Mary. We'll take this quick break and be right back on the other side with our Smart Garden Show. We are here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour on News Talk 830 WCCO at 73 degrees. Good Saturday morning to you. This is the fifth day of August. We're in the midst of our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour on CCO Radio. Denny Long here this morning with Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota answering those very questions for you, either by text or by phone, 651-461-9226. Before we get back to all the questions, Mary, I wanted to make mention of, of the university website. We always like to, to plug that because it's it's such a great resource, and, and you and your colleagues, of course, over the years have done a, put a lot of work. I mean, you talk about a labor of love, but boy, does that have a lot of information. How do we how do we find that out? Yes, it's t- a lot of information at extension.umn.edu. And yes, uh, the Extension team writes regularly about problems, uh, questions that, that are coming in from gardens, vegetable gardens, flower gardens. There's information on pruning. There's information on watering now, and especially water conservation, watering plants. How uh, how old does a plant have to be, a tree and a shrub, before you can stop watering it? And how much water does a different, does a... Uh, a larger tree need compared to a smaller tree. So there's lots of great information that's there. I was just looking this morning on uh, what vegetables could I plant where I'm taking out my uh, beans in my vegetable garden. So I'm thinking about planting lettuce and kale, maybe some beets or Swiss chard or spinach. So I could find a chart on the number of days it took for these vegetables to mature. So there's lots of information. They're good search engines. And you can can subscribe to the Yard Garden News, which can come regularly in your uh, email uh, so you can read about timely information on gardening. Yeah, extension.umn.edu. Check it out. I'm sure it'll be a favorite stop uh, when you browse. Uh, we have a phone number. We also have a text number. It happens to be the same number, 651-461-9226. Here's another one for you, Mary. Texter says, is it too early to split hostas? I have found you can divide hostas pretty much any time of year. Um, the older they are, of course, the more roots they're going to have, a big root system, they're going to be harder to get apart. Younger hostas, I have tried, this is this is kind of a challenge, but I've tried when I'm dividing hostas to dig up the large root ball and then perhaps wash some of the soil off, but I've tried to not use a knife in dividing them to just pull them apart and that's minimal damage in cutting the roots and then you have a stem and a root that will be together so the hostas have a they have a, a bunch they have many many stems that will grow together and if you can separate those stems along with their roots then you can have a lot of new plants with minimal damage uh, in transplanting oh interesting <clears throat> um Listener says, I have a flowering crab tree that needs trimming. When's the best time to do that? Well, you could do that right now. Uh, so it's a little bit iffy. The Ideally, the best time to do that is in the winter 
when there aren't any leaves on it. When we get into the fall now with pruning in the fall, new growth is, new growth is pretty much always stimulated by pruning. And any new growth in northern climates like ours can be more uh, subject to getting damaged in the winter with winter injury. So if you don't have to prune it now, I, I would wait until uh, the leaves are gone and in the winter. Okay. Uh, this comes from Woodbury. Uh, Texture says, I have a very large Japanese snow crab on the back corner of the house for the past 25 years. It blooms out so full with the white flowers every spring, just beautiful, but the uh, leaves start falling all summer long. Some are green leaves still. Others are yellow, speckled, or brown. I feel it has some disease. Do you think this can be treated somehow? This is probably apple scab, which is a very common fungal disease, airborne fungal disease, that many um, apples get, and especially crab apples. There are certain... um, Crab apples that don't get apple scab, and there's a list of those up on the extension website. It's not a fatal disease, and it's worse some years than others. Uh, This year, it actually tends to be not quite as bad because we haven't had the moisture and amount of rainfall that can perpetuate it. However, um, high humidity and uh, high temperatures will also uh, perpetuate it. So while we haven't had as much moisture, we have had higher uh, temperatures. So the the best thing you can do is sanitation, rake up any leaves that are underneath the tree and remove those, dispose of them, put them in an, a municipal compost or put them in a the trash so that that disease is not underneath your tree. Okay. Let's take a phone call, Mary. Rick is calling in from Stillwater, I believe, uh, this morning. Uh, Rick, good morning. What is your question for Mary? Good morning. My poor wife has been trying to grow grow squash in our garden for a number of years with not much success. She's been obsessed with it, reading a lot about it. Now she says, and I don't know what kind of squash it is, that there's a male squash or a female and a female plant or a male plant, and they have to, and she's all discouraged that she thinks she's got all male plants. Is that possible? Well, it's the flower difference. On one plant, you will, with squash and the cucubits, whether it's summer squash or winter squash, the flowers have a male flower that has only the pollen and then the female flower that will produce the squash. So if you look behind the big yellow flower itself, back towards the stem, you'll see a small bump. And that bump is the actual immature um, squash. But sometimes there's just plain a stem, no bump that's there at all. And that's the male flower has no bump, and the female flower has a very tiny squash. The weather conditions affect the flower's um, sex. And so hot temperatures tend to be more male flowers. Early in the season, the plant will put out more male flowers than female flowers. So the weather can affect the flowers. But overall, there's usually a good balance as, as time goes on. But if you examine your plant closely, um, you might see 10 male flowers for every one female flower. So that can be very disappointing, but the hot temperatures, um, it's tough to control the weather conditions, but um, the temperatures can make a difference. As long as they're in full sun, I would say you still have a good chance of getting squash. All right. Very good. Thanks, Rick, for the call. 
We'll uh, take a break for uh, that weather forecast, see what we're in store for the rest of the weekend and this coming week as well. Mary Meyer is with us here on our Smart Garden Show, 651-461-9226. More Lawn and Garden Talk straight ahead here on Newstalk 830 WCCO. And a good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long back with Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota answering those lawn and garden questions, as we always do, in the 8 o'clock hour, 651-461-9226. It'll get you a phone call or a text question for Mary either way. Uh, and we have, as usual, Mary, a bunch of uh, text questions. Let's see how many we can field here before you take your leave. Uh, this is a... Uh, one-year-old swamp white oak. They have a less than one-year-old swamp white oak, which has shoots all along the trunk going fairly high. Please advise what we should do with that. Is there anything they need to do with that one-year-old, at least less than one-year-old swamp white oak? Well, I guess some people would consider taking those shoots off, but it um I, I don't know what the rest of the tree looks like. So if you have a top of a tree that's normal with quite a few, a, a lot of leaves and healthy uh, canopy, on even though this is a small tree, the shoots that are coming up from the bottom, you might want to take those off. If there's a shoot like six inches below above the ground, that will eventually become a branch, of course. But if those are the only things that are the leaves on it, then I think the the tree has been struggling and then some of the dormant buds have come out. So if the top of the tree looks good and you have a lot of leaves, you can take off these lower shoots uh, because those will eventually become very low branches and you'll end up with more of a bush and multiple trunks, low branches than actually a tree. Yeah, makes sense. Let's uh, take a phone call. Renee is calling in, I believe, from uh, New Hope uh, this morning. Thanks, Renee. What's your question for Mary? Uh, I have a white lilac that we planted years ago um, too close to some bigger lavender lilacs. Anyway, it's been forced. It doesn't really grow, and it's been forced to, to bend one way. What's the best time to move it? I would do that in early spring. So first thing in the spring, um, and then decide where you're going to plant it, get the hole dug and ready. And then uh, with the strongest people you have, right, because the soil will be heavy if it's fairly old, then uh, get as much of the roots as you can. And you'll probably have to prune some of the top of it back to compensate for the roots that you've lost. But early spring. Okay. This listener, Mary, wants to know what's the best time to transplant ferns. That's also something that's best done in the spring. Uh, some ferns are actually going into dormancy now. I have a large stand of ostrich ferns, which are beautiful. They're about five feet tall. But this time of year, they kind of go into a dormancy. They've, uh, they will brown out with the heat and the lack of rain. They're, so if you move a fern right now, it's, it's really a stressful time for it. So early spring, most of the reserves are in the roots. And then when you move it then, it will establish new roots and and put out as much top as it can. So I do that in the spring. All right. 
This listener noticed among my plants, they say that Japanese beetles on my hanging geraniums are most often found dead. Do geraniums have some sort of compound affecting these troublesome insects? I continue to pull off these beetles alive off other plants and put them in soapy water. What do you think? Oh, that's interesting. Uh, no, as far as I know, there's nothing on geraniums that will uh, kill Japanese beetles. But we have seen very few Japanese beetles. Well, I shouldn't say very few, but uh, relatively speaking, the Japanese beetles are much less this year. Uh, there also is a beneficial uh, predator that's... Um, uh, on Japanese beetles that I thought perhaps this person was going to say they were seeing the white dots on the Japanese beetles that are uh, another uh, predator that will kill Japanese beetles. And so we're we're seeing the cyclical effects. So with Japanese beetles, we used to have a lot of those just a few years ago. Boy, we would have like five calls or many people yes. would be concerned on, on the Smart Garden Show here. And so today here's one saying, hey, I'm finding some dead ones. So we see the their uh, predators, uh, the beneficial insects are preying on Japanese beetles. There are not as many. And like our gardening friends on the East Coast that have had Japanese beetles for many years, they uh, just learn to live with them and they become another insect, one that is uh, more ebbs and flows with uh, its population. Okay. Uh, Mary, this listener wants to know, can I split my peonies now? Well, fall is the best time of year to do peonies. It's a little bit early. I'm going to transplant some peonies, um, and I'm going to wait a couple more weeks. Um, it's it's still We still have the uh, uh, chance of having some uh, more really hot days, but you could, if, you, if you're really anxious to do it, it's getting into the fall. We want to have at least a 30, 45 days of good growing conditions before uh, the the colder weather comes. So um, you you can you could certainly start thinking about it or doing it, and certainly t- more towards the middle or the end of this month. Definitely, uh, peonies are fall. Uh, fall is the time to transplant or divide peonies. If you are just joining us, Mary Meyer from the U of M is answering those lawn and garden questions today on our Smart Garden Show. Here is another one. Mary, with marijuana legal now, Texter says, is it possible for the birds and wind to spread the outdoor plants to other yards? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking some f- folks maybe hope so. This listener says, I hope not. Oh, gosh, I'd have to look that up. I can't remember what the seeds of cannabis are, if they are eaten at all by birds or transported by the wind. I can look that up and (laughs) and see what I can find on that. Well, okay, Uh, you can can do some homework maybe during the break. Right. And uh, we'll we'll find that out. Uh, This listener in the meantime has a lawn question. They have some bear patches in their lawn. Is it an okay time now? to seed those bare spots. I, th- I personally need that too, but I'm going to wait. 
Yeah, it's still a little bit early. You know, in another 10 days, we should have consistently cooler weather and a, hopefully a better chance of uh, rain coming in. So we need the cool weather conditions, cool temperatures for um, the cool season grasses to really grow and germinate. Our traditional time is August 15th to September 15th. So we're just a little bit early now for that. But you could certainly go... Um, Go to the, the garden centers, buy the seed, make sure that you've got things ready to do it uh, in about 10 days. Okay. This listener says, I have about a five-inch piece left from what had been a beautiful Swedish ivy. The piece that's left is still in the large pot it had grown in, but this piece isn't growing. It's just kind of surviving. Would you suggest I put it into a smaller pot? Yes, you could do that. Uh, that type of ivy roots easily, and yes, you could you could uh, put it in another pot uh, on on the way to getting a, a whole new uh, plant of ivy. So yes, you can do that. I know you're not necessarily an entomologist, but this listener wants to know when when do you think the tick season is over. <laughs> I think it's going to be with us for a while. Uh, it is going to be with us for a while because the uh, the ticks, until things get really, really cold, and uh, they're, yes, they're going to be active for quite a while. So there's a lot you can do to prevent ticks. There's special clothing you can wear. There's uh, tactics you can use in how you dress and where you go. And, of course, always doing inspections when you come in after being in the woods or long grass or areas where there uh, are a lot of ticks. So prevention is, is really a good measure, and that can go a long ways from you can find the ticks before they actually they can be on you before they actually bite you. So prevention is really very helpful. Absolutely. Let's take another quick uh, text before we break. Last fall, texture says, I planted a yellow lady slipper. It was covered with a metal basket to keep out critters. In, in the spring, it came up and only has two leaves. I keep it watered. The other day, I checked on it, and the two leaves were gone. Is it likely to come back, do you think? Oh, gosh, that's so disappointing. With the leaves being gone, it's likely something came in and ate them. It could have been a chipmunk. It could have been a vole. Who knows? A rabbit, whatever. But that, yeah, it's disappointing. Well, it's hard to say. Um, hopefully there's enough of a root system and stored food that it will come up again. But I would say the important thing is is to keep the... Um, what did you call it, a cage or a basket over it so you know where it is. So it's really easy to lose plants if, if we can't see them above the soil. So make sure that you keep it well marked with, with a basket, with labels, with stakes or whatever, so you know where to look for it next spring. All right. Hang on, Mary. We'll take a quick break. Be right back with the remaining minutes of our Smart Garden Show. Our phone number happens to be our text number as well. 651-461-9. The remaining minutes of our Smart Garden Show. Our phone number happens to be our text number as well. 651-461-9226. We'll be back with more here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO. Denny Long along with Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota answering those 
lawn and garden questions. And as usual, Mary, we just have a ton of them. But I wanted to make mention real quickly, like we like to do, is don't forget, especially if you've never been to the Arboretum, get out there. You you will want to return again and again. And, uh, Mary, it's, it's, it's a pretty easy trip, but just west on Highway 5, isn't it? Yes, it is. And it is a wonderful treasure for our state. And so many things to see now that are blooming, the roses, the prairie plants, many of the fruits on the crab apples are so showy, the hibiscus, big tropical flowers that are hardy. The annuals are really beautiful. This weekend, there's a paving project going on a three mile drive. You can't drive around today and tomorrow. Things will be open again on Monday. Day. But you, there are shuttles that are running, so you can still see many things. And, of course, you can go in uh, the entryway park and walk around the main buildings with, uh, with no problem. But it is a wonderful treasure, a great place to relax. And now this coming week with the cooler weather, a beautiful place uh, to go for a walk. You do still need to make reservations at the Arboretum for entry, but there are hundreds of reservations that are available on the, the half hour throughout the day. So a wonderful place to uh, see beautiful plants and what, what will live in in our uh, tough, rigorous climate in Minnesota. Yeah, and uh, like you said, you can still walk around uh, the area. It's just great. And and I kind of like that whole idea of uh, you have to, you know, get online and reserve, but it makes the driving in and parking so much easier, I find. Yes, Yes, it does. So that you don't have to worry that you're not going to get uh, a place to park and it's going to be too crowded. And so, yeah, the reservation system does help everyone. Yeah, I have. I mentioned it to uh, Julie, uh, Mary, but uh, they've they've twisted my arm. And <laughs> not really. But we're going to be heading out to the state fair this year. We're going to oh, be doing our yes. shows. That yeah, both Saturdays wonderful. from the fair. So if uh, you happen to want to stop by and ask our lawn and garden questions with our, with our friends, we'd love to see you. So just a yes, little hit that will, there. Yes, that will be great fun. Absolutely. Meanwhile, in the uh, all the text uh, questions that are coming in, here's one of them. If my ash trees are extremely healthy looking, uh, is it advantageous to treat them now to prevent the emerald ash coming later? Well, yes, we are still say are saying that it is. We know that the uh, the chemical prevention can uh, lengthen the life of your ash tree. And if we are doing this at the Arboretum. If you have trees that are really uh, specimen trees that are high priority trees, just like the American elm, uh, the treatments uh, will. Uh, lengthened their life. Uh, it's unfortunate the emerald ash borer does seem inevitable. Uh, I think I can see that more and more as I drive along the roadside. We see more and more ash trees, especially under stressful conditions in boulevards, along sidewalks, along roads where they have limited water and soil access. We're seeing more and more ash trees that are going to die. But it is um, it is known to uh, uh, lengthen their life, 
but it still you still might lose the trees. So you have to weigh um, what to do. Uh, if I have I have some ash on my property, and I have planted the replacement trees for them already. So uh, a multiple diversity of species is what you want to go for. Look for different trees than are on your landscape already, and put those replacement trees in now because the sooner you do that, the sooner they'll start to grow and replace the ash that will will very likely have to come out. All right. Another one here before we run out of time, which is a few minutes from now. Uh, This uh, listener says, I have a sriracha pepper plant with lots of peppers that are getting quite large but not turning red. What to do? None of my peppers have turned red yet either. They're all still green or yellow with them with some that are uh yellow when they ripen. It's it just takes time and it takes patience. And then peppers are quite sensitive to sun scald. So in this hot weather, you have to be quite careful about sun scald. Some commercial growers even shade their peppers to keep the sun from scalding them, and then that will be a decay spot. They'll start to rot where they get the sun scald. So otherwise, just have to be patient. Uh, Pretty much all peppers will turn red. It just uh, takes time. Now, we know that the temperatures here, again, can play a factor because you would think the hotter the temperature, the quicker they would ripen. That's not the case with tomatoes. We know that tomatoes really like about 77 for the highest temperature for ripening. You get up into the 90s and that inhibits their turning red. So again, with moderation with temperatures, um, the ripening will likely be faster. Interesting. This listener has a bunch of trees to trim on my farm, they say. He or she says they range from oaks, maples, evergreens, apple trees, few other varieties. Is it okay to trim them now or wait? I'm tired of ducking under them when I'm mowing. I wouldn't do any of those right now. I'd wait till the dead of winter, especially with the oak wilt and the problems we've had with that. So too too many of our uh, insects are out that spread diseases and cause issues with trees. So dead of the winter is the really the best time to do the pruning. Yeah, for sure. Listener says, I have a hydrangea plant that is huge, four by four, and it's probably 16 years old. It has not bloomed in years. I fertilized it twice this summer, but that didn't produce flowers either. What do you think? Four feet by four feet. So I'm guessing this is probably hydrangea macrophylla, which is not the best one for really blooming in um our climate. Although that plant is supposed to bloom on new and old wood, many times it doesn't do that. And this is an older, 16 years, right? So yeah. I would I would recommend you go to the garden center and buy one of the newer kinds of uh, hydrangeas. Uh, there are hundreds of new hydrangeas and get a different kind that will be uh, more consistent in blooming. Uh, Pop Star is one of the newer ones ones that is supposed to be a really good one for reblooming, But I think, um, yeah, the one that you have might be one of the original macrophyllas that came out that we thought would be a long-term, a better bloomer for Minnesota, but the, there are many new improvements uh, with hydrangeas. A couple of minutes to go, Mary. Uh, Texter says, is there some kind of fertilizer that it's supposed to go on our lawn this time of year? 
Well, fall is the time that is the, if you're going to fertilize your lawn just one time a year, do it in the fall. And so again, this is, uh, we're getting into the fall. We think about Labor Day as really the prime time to put on the fall fertilizer. So once the temperatures are cooler and we have more moisture, there's no point in fertilizing a grass that's dormant or one that's stressed with drought conditions. So we have to get back to where the grass is actually growing again, there's some moisture in the soil, and that the the um, plants can actually take up the fertilizer. So I'd wait closer till uh, Labor Day or around uh, mid-September to fertilize. Maybe, Mary, in our final uh, 30 seconds or so here, you could comment on this. A listener says, please remind listeners to check for magnolia scale. Uh, Had my first sad encounter with this stuff. Oh. Uh, this is a dismal thing. I, I'm actually really on the, I'm going to take out the magnolia that I have because of magnolia scale. I have used multiple uh, 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 pesticides. I've used chemicals. I've used dormant oils. I've used insecticidal soap. And this year, um, yeah, it's just too much. Magnolia scale is one of the worst uh insects to control because it's got such a uh, covering on it that you can't get in the insecticide into it. And we use a systemic and it gets the inside of the tree. It's still a battle. So that's an unfortunate, um, a very difficult to control uh, magnolia scale. What is fortunate, Mary, is the University of Minnesota website, <laughs> extension.umn.edu. Always a pleasure working with you, Mary. Uh, let's, uh, I know we'll uh, talk uh, during the state fair, but we'll, we'll talk before that. Yes, we will, Denny. Yes, always love talking about gardening. Thanks for uh, sponsoring with Extension. You bet. Thank you. Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota. Get those home improvement questions ready for Andy Lindis next hour here on A3OWCCO. 74 degrees and maybe some showers tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.